Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? All right, we're back. Here we go. Hey, if I didn't make a career out of coaching people around stress, trauma, behavior in the brain, I think I would just podcast. I think I just talk about these things all the time. <laughs> I do talk about these things all the time. Anyhow, today we are talking about motivation, productivity. I want to go into a specific strategy, but let's give you a little bit of background first. One of the best things that we can do for students is to teach them to avoid multitasking, especially around cell phones and social media. I know we all know this, but do we know why this is so much more detrimental than we think? Well, our brains cannot do two cognitively demanding things at one time. So when we do do that, or when we try to do that, we lose a, we lose a lot of mental energy. So there are, are three pretty big drawbacks to multitasking or attempting to. And this meaning like working on a project and answering messages, checking social media while trying to complete an assignment. And because your brain has to switch between these tasks and every time it switches, it loses energy. So when your brain does this, you lose time because it takes anywhere from five to 20 minutes to get back into this like flow state or get back into the rhythm of the initial activity you were working through. Two, when you bounce between different things, you're making more mistakes, you're making more errors because you pop out of flow, you lose your concentration. And three, you burn more brain glucose, which means you have to use more energy because you're bouncing between your brain shifts gears and then <laughs> it just takes energy to get back on task. So for anything that you're working on, it's really best to stick with it, finish it, and then go do the other thing. So not check email while you're working on something else, finish what you're doing, then stop, then check email, then go back. It's fine to take breaks when you're working on something, but to just kind of randomly jump between multiple tabs, not, not so good. When you think of something and you're like, oh no, I need to do that. Instead of actually doing it, stick with what you're already doing and write it down on a sticky note. Just get in the habit of keeping sticky notes near you and write down the thing that you need to do and come back to it when you're done with the activity. So there is a hack for this. There is a way to teach yourself to build some stamina around sticking to one activity and reducing multitasking, and therefore it drives motivation and productivity. And it is called the Pomodoro Method. Some of you might be familiar with this. You might've heard it before, but it works really well in 
really well in school. So let me break it down for you and then tell you how you would modify it for different age groups. So a developed, named for uh, the tem- for a tomato in Italian, and it's, it's named after that like tomato-shaped timer. And it was founded in the 80s, developed in the 80s by, oh, I'm going to butcher his name and I apologize. My Italian's not great and it should be because I have friends that are from Italy and live there and import wine. <laughs> Francesco, Francesco, Cirillo, Cirillo, Cirillo. I believe that may be close-ish, but you can search Pomodoro method and the name will come up. <laughs> so here are the steps for utilizing this tool. You first, remove distractions, aka for students, depending on age, smartphones, devices. For us, maybe deleting tabs. <laughs> Two, set the timer. It could be an actual tomato timer. It could be a digital timer. It could be a physical timer. It could be a smart board timer. It could be a cell phone timer. Probably not best to do cell phone because that makes it easier to access for distractions. No more than 20 minutes. Here's the science behind why no more than 20 minutes. For each year of age, that's about how many minutes of direct instruction you have. So if we're going with five-year-olds, I've got about five minutes. 10-year-olds, 10 minutes. 15-year-olds, 15 minutes. As adults, we max out about 20 minutes. So your goal is to focus intently during those 20 minutes. Finish the task, or at least give it 20 minutes worth of effort. When the timer goes off, rest for five minutes. And ideally during this like mini rest, you wouldn't check your email, check your messages, get on social media. This is like a mental break. So go for a walk, get a drink, get a snack, close your eyes, do some deep breathing, do some stretching. Some like non-tech driven rest time. And then you repeat as needed, but usually after three cycles, at most four, you're going to take a longer break, like a 30 minute break. And that's the time to respond to text messages and emails and other things. So if you think about it, if we're going, like, let's say as an adult, we're going through 20 minute cycles, let's say three rounds. So that's an hour and you got 15 minutes for each, well, really 10 minutes for, for both breaks. So you've got an hour and 10 minutes. So really if we're talking like not checking your phone for an hour and 10 minutes, I think we can do that. I think that's realistic. I think that's possible. And then you have basically 30 plus minutes to check your phone, do what you need to do. And then you go back to that three cycle where you go back to an hour's worth of work again with little five minute increment breaks in between those 20 minutes. For younger kids, you're going to modify this. Like a five-year-old, you're not going to have them work for 20 minutes. Maybe if they're in flow state or it's a highly motivating activity, but the timer is more for like five to seven minutes, 10-year-old, 12-year-old, you know, 10, 12 minutes. Don't forget, we are taking short rests in between those time periods and then a longer break after three to four cycles. This is really helpful with motivation because you know that when the timer goes off, you get a break. And you know that after three cycles, you get to kind of do what you want to do. So it helps us to focus intently for that short period of time because you know that you get a break coming up. It helps students, older students, to avoid the addictive call of social media. And it also builds out their stamina for staying off of it for longer periods of time. So we know they are always on it. That becomes an addiction. The way to reverse that addiction is to take micro steps 
to build out your stamina, to be off of it, to get used to being off of it. For me, I'm like a cold turkey person. Like when I watch like a Netflix or a Hulu, I'm like, wow, I'm really dysregulated because I'm I'm watching these shows. And I don't normally watch these shows. My brain is so tired from more stressed out or anxious that I'm defaulting to the show because it's in my mind mindless, but it's not it's draining my mental energy. For me, the best thing is not to reduce the amount of time I'm watching those TV shows is to just cut it off and watch it. Not at all. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like information to me when I don't typically do that. So when I do do that, I know that something in my body is off. It's similar. I mean, ideally we'd love to cut social media in large chunks from students, but they're so used to being on it. It's almost like taking, uh, and this is like a, bad comparison, but a good comparison because it's a realistic comparison about, they call it like a drug addict. When they're on drugs and they go to rehab or they go to a, like a behavior health clinic, they are usually usually given a, a different, lesser, harsher, less harsh drug to get them off of the drug. Otherwise they go with through withdrawal. So they don't just cut the drugs out. They give them a lower dosage or a lower um, type of drug, lower level. So I know this sounds horrible, but like if you're a teen who grew up a social and you're on social all the time, you're addicted to that. So to just cut it off, you, you, in a sense, your body goes through withdrawal. Like you, there's this extreme desire and want to have it. So if we just reduce the time on it, instead of cutting it off cold Turkey, they're more likely to last. They're more likely to build up that stamina to stay off. My approach of cutting it off cold Turkey is more my less my preference and my lack of um, self-control at those dysregulated times, which makes sense. If you're dysregulated, you don't have self-control. So that works for me, but I wouldn't recommend that for, for young students. Okay. So why else does this work? What, what is like the, the neuroscience behind us? This, well, we know based on neuroscience that the hippocampus, that's the memory part of the brain from the middle of the, the head, needs frequent and short breaks to let information settle. If it's overwhelmed with information, it can't store it all or it stores it incorrectly. So these little short breaks allow the hippocampus to store, break, settle, reset. Again, those mini breaks in between the 20 minute or however long you're setting it for best to like, just close eyes, short walk, drink, restroom, draw, listen to music, dance, something that's not like active with the brain and, and being on a cell phone and messages and emails are kind of active. They're better to save for that longer break. If you want a great digital resource, if you're using like a tablet or you are using like your phone for a timer, there's an app called forest. I believe it's free. It used to be free. So that's something that you can use to set up Pomodoro method. I also like to use toggle. Toggle is good for me because I do a lot of tracking of my time on there to see where all my time goes. So that's another great resource as well. Okay. That's Pomodoro method in a nutshell. Set the timer, remove distractions. Timer goes off, rest for a few minutes, repeat three to four cycles and take a longer break. That's your Pomodoro method. Works really well with all ranges of ages. With all rage ranges of ages. Say that fast 10 times. Wow. That was hard to spit out. That takes us to today's listener question, which is how can we help students who are struggling academically due to trauma? Okay. If a student, if a student is struggling, I am struggling. I am struggling to get my words out today. <laughs> if a student is struggling academically 
due to trauma. That to me is a sign that there's probably some dysregulation emotionally. And if we're emotionally dysregulated, we can't access logic and reason, not as easily or as well. So my first step is getting the student regulation skills. How do I teach them emotional regulation skills to get their emotional temperature back down? And when they're at neutral, then they can access logic and reason. And the more we get them used to coming down, the more they will stay down, the more they'll stay regulated, the more they'll have access to logic and reason. So that's my step number one. Step number two is relationships and rhythm or regulating. So how can I get them into like a routine or a rhythm that is a sequence that repeats itself over and over and over again, like the same schedule or even the same sequence of an activity so that they know what's coming. And also how can I build relationship and rapport with them? Because relationships, again, are one of the number one rewards to our systems. So we want to build those so that students trust us and they can, again, bring their emotional temperature down because they feel safe in our space. And the last one I would say is, is work on building motivation, like Pomodoro methods, like great method for productivity because they can commit for short periods of time. But also what builds productivity and motivation is a sense of responsibility, a sense of like, I belong to this class and I have these responsibilities and I get to do them like tasks or jobs that are appropriate for each age group where they feel like they are part of the team, part of the group. There's a, a term called accommodito where in Latin, I think it's Latin America, where they, the family systems talk about everyone needs to be accommodito. Everybody needs to accommodate each other, support the family, have a job, have a task to make everything function and run smoothly. Same for a classroom. And when students have those responsibilities assigned to them on a subconscious level, they're like, oh, I am important. Someone gave me a job. I am needed here. Those are the things I would do first and foremost. And then if I need something beyond that, it might need to be referral for mental health or other resources to the family or the individual student that are maybe like if we're talking about tiers of support, I would say a lot of these things are tier one, maybe tier two. Some of them are tier two, tier three at the very top, small bit of students who need that like really individualized support. That's what I'm going to refer for mental health guidance counselors, psychiatrists, school psychologists, things like that, where there's a more individualized approach taken. To wrap up the show, I'm going to give you our try at home tip, which is use music to regulate. We naturally regulate to about 80 beats per minute because that's the maternal resting heart rate. So if you play music that is at a beat below 80 beats per minute, you're going to bring the energy down. You play music above 80 beats per minute, that's going to take the energy up. So based on your classroom, your house, your home, your students, your kids, where is the energy of the space and do you need to bring it up or bring it down and what type of music and beats per minute will you play you can search music by beats per minute but you can also just like you can count it out but you can feel it energetically like is this bringing my energy up or is this taking my energy down and on that same tune pun intended happy music really lifts the energy too so if you can play music that uh, has happy words, happy tune, happy flow, it's going to bring the energetic feel of the, the room or the space up. And that's it for today's episode. There's, oh, pause. There's actually a playlist on Spotify. There are quite a few of like happy hits. So just keep that in mind. That's it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Remember our try at home tip. Happy tunes, beats per minute, regulate to beats per minute.
If you are looking for more support in the areas of stress, trauma, or the brain, I would love to be a part of that learning journey. I developed the Behavior Hub, which offers a range of coaching supports and some online courses, as well as university credit to work on these areas. If you want to learn more, go to thebehaviorhub.com and shoot me an email or text. Also, we just launched my amazing business partner and I, Jessica Doring, the five Ives. The five Ives is a coaching support organization platform, really, that offers coaching, training, and a trauma-invested certificate. So we coach you through basically our rubric. Our rubric earns you points. We run the assessment at the end of our coaching and you add up the points and then it gives you a level of certification on how trauma-informed you are. Amazing. So we are working with all types of organizations special specializing in nonprofits and education, but moving in the direction of medical as well. So if you are looking for support to help sustain your staff and keep them from burning out and bringing people and your entity or community of, of employees as a whole down to neutral, out of survival state to keep them from burning out and help them be more productive and motivated, this program will do that. This coaching program will get you there and it will also get you a trauma-informed certificate. Awesome. It is awesome work. And it is an awesome program because Jess and I, Jessica and I are incredibly passionate about this, but also have deep experience in coaching. And we love helping people who are going to then help other people. Don't forget to lock in what you learned today by applying it right away or sharing it with someone else. When you teach, each one teaches one, you remember and they learn. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer and thank you for joining me.